The following is a fourth-hand production. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful island that started over 200 years ago off the coast of Nova Scotia, Canada. Dan Blankenship was a mighty badass man. Logina Brothers. Wait, wait, wait. How the hell does an island known for treasure, death and mystery have anything to do with the SS Minnow? I am cutting this one and I blame you John. Guy gets a tattoo of Thurston Howell III, and now he tries to cram it down our throats. Sit tight for the Oak Island mystery on this week's Hysteria 51. Life is a mystery. Confusion is all around us. The truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Welcome to Hysteria 51. Come inside our secret hideaway as we talk conspiracy theories, mysteries, and the unexplained. All viewed through skeptical eyes and the blurry lens of a beer bottle. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Hand and John Goforth. Welcome in Hysteria Nation to a cursed edition of Hysteria 51. Dun, dun, dun. Don't even play a conspiracy bot. I'm doing it myself. Dun, dun, dun. Thank you. (laughs) This is the podcast that wonders if it's good if a vacuum really sucks. Never really crossed my mind before. You're part of this podcast. Yes, it has. (laughs) My name is John Goforth. Sitting across from me is my co-captain, Brent Hand, otherwise known as Mr. Hand. Hello, my name is Mr. Hat. Brent, is this really our time? You're here. I'm here. And it's my basement. So I'm going to go ahead and say it's my time and you can just leave, I think is the best way to sum it up. Leave your wallet and uh, Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, Affair. I'm just Affair uncomfortable demand. right now. Uh, not as bad as she's going to feel. <laughs> okay. Also with us tonight, he might be the third member of this team, but he is sixth or seventh in our hearts. Conspiracy bot. Keep it up, go forth, and I'm gonna have a long conversation this week with your car about its braking system. Uh, I disagree. Brent, he seems to be significantly more angry than he used to be. What did you do? <laughs> you know what? I All I've been doing is let him read all your tweets and your Facebook page, and it's just, you know, it's coming naturally. So so he's, like, learning on his own now, and <laughs> yeah, is what you're saying. Input! Ah, input! My input! Is he, like, a velociraptor? <laughs> yeah, he's, learn, learn, clever girl. Clever girl. <laughs> but didn't we talk about this? Didn't he have a 54k baud motor? Yeah, that's him? why I leave him on all the time. So you literally have a phone line down here dedicated just to him. No, but the neighbors do, and they don't really pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the fourth member of our panel this evening is a returning guest that we really don't like, but we also really don't respect. That's Joe Peck. Fair. That's fair. Joseph, thanks for coming back. I'm, I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> you should be if they've heard your previous episode. That's just his business card. This is Joseph Beck. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. It's my job title. <laughs> Need to get you that website. Uh, is it safe to say Joe has now been our most returning guest? I don't know about that, but I think it's safe to say he's our most syphilitic guest. That's true. I think it's safe to say that Conspiracy Bot would definitely take issue with you suggesting that. Oh, good point. Well, he's not a guest. Yeah, he's, he's just uh, a member. Yeah, come on now. He's a member. Tell me more about this he's member. A, he's a chrome shiny member. <laughs> ha 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 ha. Suck my ram. All right, kids. We are talking the Oak Island Money Pit. Yes. Couldn't so be awesome. more excited for How this. How fun of a TV show. I'm hooked. 
The Curse Such of Oak good, Island. Such a good show. If you've just started this show and you have not seen the TV show, there's a TV show on the History Channel called The The Curse of Oak Island that is basically the the last four there's four seasons of it. The last four uh, years on the History Channel, they've gone over what's happening right now on mm. Oak Island, people trying to figure out the Oak Island money pit. And we'll get into that after a while. But before we get into tonight's topic, let's talk what we're drinking. You say it's a lexicon of libations. We call it a bulletin of booze. Either way, we're all getting pissed. Yeah! Here's this week's Spirit Selections. Well, John, I cozied up with a nice crisp, cool Bud Light. I gotta tell you, it's mighty tasty. I also gotta tell you, this might be the first time that I'm actually drinking a classier drink than you are. (laughs) 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 This this is a weird feeling. I don't don't know. I feel about this. uh, So I guess that'll be my turn. uh, Tonight, I am drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon. And Brent, let me ask you one question. How many Blue Ribbons has your beer won? You know what? I don't need to be PBR'd ASAP because it's the king of beers. I don't know it doesn't you... need a ribbon. It hands out the ribbons. Okay, Bud Weiser is the king of beers, not Bud Light. Guess what? The Fair. prince? The prince of beers then? The duke? I don't give a shit. It's a Brazilian-owned swole water, and I'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm so maybe it's the El Duque of beers? <laughs> and- El Duce. I was trying to think of some clever uh, reference to to, like, to take attention to the em, fact that you're mid, drinking swill water. And per, per usual, John was unable to come up with something clever. You're telling that to the five people that listen to this show. They already know. <laughs> Muldoon listens. <laughs> he knows a clever girl when he sees one. Joe, why don't you shut up and tell us what you're drinking over there? Let me guess. Before you even say anything, and I wasn't in the room, it's some sort of dirtbag liquor mixed with another dirtbag liquor as a mixer. Well, I mean, here's the deal. <clears throat> as Fred Nolan, RIP, once said, when you find something good, don't ever change. <laughs> it took me 37 years, but as of two episodes ago, I found something good. So I'm going with whiskey and hard apple cider. Did Fred Nolan really say that? Or are you just kind of putting words in his mouth because well, we can't prove that he frankly say he's buried There's, no one's putting anything in his mouth these days <laughs> <laughs> however again r.i.p frederick our boy can we all toast real quick oh, yeah, yeah. Should, yeah. let's can yeah. the people at home hear it no because it's Jake. plastic and aluminum <laughs> <laughs> that's what we drink out of <laughs> he's done Which, awful things to people and he'll do awful things to you which, by the way, might be what's at the bottom of the money pit, plastic and aluminum. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Conspiracy Bot, what did you cook up over there? I'm drinking a money pit. It's Goldschlager, Canadian tap water, and Dan Blankenship's tears. <laughs> I, wonder, I wondered why your uh, robo lips were turning blue there. <laughs> what's going on? Yes. That, brings up, that brings up a terrific point. Is If you, once again, you'll only get this if you've watched the TV show. Dan Blankenship, the 87, 88-year-old uh, Oak Island magnate, is he actually dead and has been for a number of years because his lips are always blue? Yeah, well, if, like- has anyone read or watched Game of Thrones? Like, if you have, you know that the, the warlocks have blue lips because they drink oh, that's uh, a valid point. the shade of, shade of something. Is he a warlock? <laughs> I really don't know for sure, so I think the, the safe answer is yes. Is yeah. Daenerys Targaryen yeah. at the bottom of that pit? <laughs> Topless, hopefully. 
did Blankenship actually make it to the bottom of the pit and the evil that spews forth down there turned him into what he is today? We're making fun of this dude. He's the coolest cat on that motherfucker. Literally, he really is. You light him on fire. He's like, meh. He dove to... 40 feet in the water in 1960 yeah, with, with like a no scuba op- gear with like, a letter opener and a fucking hose in his mouth it's, this and is the he first didn't time have goggles he had a monocle <laughs> this, is the, this is the first time in the history of this show i'll be able to use this sound bite in its correct form and i show you how deep the rabbit hole goes <laughs> He literally showed us how deep the hole went. Is Dan Blankenship Morpheus? <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about this. We kind of we kind of got a little overzealous on ourselves because it's such a fun topic. We're also doing a lot of talking about this TV show that a lot of you probably have never watched. So, John, why don't you give our listeners a little Reader's Digest pitch on what the actual Oak Island mystery is, the money pit that we keep talking about, and the case of old blue lip Dan Blankenship. All right. <laughs> so it's not just a TV show. The Oak Island Money Pit's been going on for a long, long time, dating back to the 1700s. I actually did a book report on the Oak Island Money Pit in grade school. So as you can say, I'm kind of a badass. Brent was doing show prep for this podcast <laughs> in the late ago. In the late And days. we go back to time travel. And by the way, racket. <laughs> <laughs> There's the page I'm looking for. (laughs) So the Oak Island Money Pit is an excavation on a small Canadian island off the coast of Nova Scotia that has been the object of attention of treasure hunters since 1795. In 1795, a teenager... Okay, so this is up for debate whether it's a teenager or not, but a dude named Daniel McGinnis found an oval-shaped recession in the ground. So he found a depression in the ground, basically, uh, on the island. And for one reason or another, he decided to start digging. Subsequently, he hit wooden planks every 10 feet or so, he and uh, a couple buddies. The disc- hey, you guys want to come over and dig? <laughs> I got an idea. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about the same time period where... Uh, that was, no, that was literally the third most fun thing you could do in 1795. <laughs> the second most fun thing you could do was spot a light. <laughs> Which was <laughs> earlier that night. It was the most fun night recorded in the history of Nova <laughs> Scotia. They didn't even have kick the can yet. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even know about cow tipping. <laughs> tipping hadn't been invented. <laughs> They were finding these planks every 10 feet. Layers well of planks. Well-arranged, yeah. layered, uh, like imagine... Not Long floor. John Silver's chicken planks, by the way. Oh, God, I hate Long John Silver's. Uh, imagine, uh, uh, imagine the floor of like a uh, uh, log cabin. Uh, mm-hmm. like, like planks, like actual Absolutely. log planks. The, disco- not, the point being, they weren't. it wasn't just random wood. It was like well-articulated. Yep. Well it was the wood that makes it good? Uh, <laughs> or that. Uh, the discovery of the planks led McGinnis and his friends to believe the pit was man-made, and they began what would become a long-standing tradition of treasure-seeking in the area. <laughs> How long has that been going on for? To this day. <laughs> what is it, 220-something years? Yeah, yeah well, 17, 20, yeah, yeah. 22 years. Uh, does conspiracy by it have a calculator function? No, uh, we left that out so that so. you could have an extra... Uh, he can only multiply. The old like plug and play computers where you had so many ports, you could put RAM in there. You could put a CD drive, RAM and manual. Um, it's a very similar thing on conspiracy, Bot. only Brent just kept putting in snark. Snark, <laughs> mm. <laughs> snark. I don't think that's exactly really, how it goes. He, he can't. Uh, we learned, uh, Joe, you weren't here for this episode. We learned an episode or two ago that he actually is tied in via his 56 K baud modem to ENIAC at the Bod. Department of Defense. 
Bod. ENIAC is still operating somewhere and yeah. he's tied into it. I'm kind of a big deal, you fart knockers. That's actually interesting. It ties actually together a lot of the mystery that I was curious of from a previous episode that I appeared on of like him and Ziggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that Ziggy. makes sense. That's yes. why that's why he hates Ziggy so much, is my guess. <laughs> Thanks, conspiracy bot. So, from the beginning of the 19th century onward, many companies formed to begin their own digging expeditions in the pit, each discovering more, you know, quote-unquote, evidence uh, and new theories to the region. Errol Flynn, John Wayne, and FDR were at one point all involved in a, a various hunt and held their own theories as to the pen as to the pit's contents. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong in, in something I read about? Like, was Oak Island John Wayne's first choice for his airport? And, and they said no, so he went to Houston with it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know. So, Or is it is it even Houston? Where's the John Wayne airport? Is that in California? Like, where no, the heck is that? Thing? Is it Houston? Fuck, I've been there. Uh, but Gipsy, I think it's Houston. Conspiracy bot, where's that? Santa Ana Cali. Yeah, Santa Ana. Anna. Orange Hi. County. OC. It's in the OC. Don't say that. Trademarked. <laughs> Brinson, I also read that throwback to episode one of this podcast, Admiral Byrd was also interested in Oak Island. Yeah, it's Yeah, we'll actually get Admiral into that. Jail- Admiral Jailbird? Jail- old Jailbird Joey. <laughs> you know, it was funny. You just said real quick, you said the OC trademark. My wife and I were in Los Angeles. My wife. My, my wife. Take her, please. Um, my wife and I were in Los Angeles. And we're like, yeah, we just came out to L.A. And like two or three people, are like Whoa, L.A. What are you a local? Who you you th- who calls it L.A.? I think pretty much the entire nation calls it L.A. Right? Like it's not yeah. like I'm like oh we're going out to Marlins, you know, and using stupid terms like that. I think everyone fucking calls it L.A. Yeah. You, you, Wait, what do the what do the locals to the call city it? City of Angels. I don't know. Like are, we just said Los L.A. Ang- and they're like oh, Los the, Angeles, Los Los, Los Angeles. Yeah. So anyway, uh, they call it the City of Angels. I didn't find it to be that. And that's the dude in Los Angeles. All right. Uh, So, regardless of Admiral Byrd, some believed pirate treasure lay just below the next layer of soil. Uh, Other believed that Marie Antoinette's lost jewels were surely... Where the hell did I put those? (laughs) Surely buried right there after the French Revolution. They're always in the last place you look. (laughs) (laughs) The last island you look on. Another theory even posited that Francis Bacon had stored documents in the pit proving himself as the author of Shakespeare's plays. I always find that the best place for me to hold proper paper manuscripts is at the bottom of a pit that has booby-trapped salt water, you know, to store around There's it. There's no question. Uh, dirt, dirt, grubs, water, salt water. Damn Blankenship. All very good for... Damn Blankenship. All very good for... <laughs> Uh, for paper manuscripts. Tonight on Cooking with Goforth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I actually believe Dan Blankenship was the author of Shakespeare's. <laughs> I'm with it. It's possible. <laughs> there are many other theories uh, around it. I mean, even uh, Solomon uh, from the Bible's Menorah. My favorite, uh, the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant, uh, the Holy Grail. The, the and, yeah. And mm-hmm. a bunch of others. Anyway, uh, excavation continues to this day, and the island has truly earned the name the Money Pit. No shit. That is the truest thing that we can say there. It what is a Money Pit. What Would the Laginas brothers have been better off investing in a boat? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it would have it paid off better dividends. Yeah. yeah. 
Could they, could they have leased? It's like my Your dad joke. always used to say, if it's got tits or tires, lease it. Yeah, mine always said, if it floats, fucks, or flies, rent it. <laughs> Same thing. Just to be clear, right now we're going to take you through the history of Oak Island. If you're a fan of the show, we're, we're going to get to the show. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, uh, maybe in, in the next episode. First, we're going to take you through all the things that happened in the past that lead up to that point. Which it was your dad advocating that you should lease Aquaman? Yes. Yes. And then and then have sex with him. Yeah. It's the way I took it. He was a progressive. Yeah. <laughs> Brent, take us through some of the early excavations. Yeah. So, like we said, this starts all the way back in 1795. Well, that's when it became on the radar, but someone had already been there because there was, a, there was already a depression. Discovered it. Yeah. Right. Just to make sure everyone understands like how long ago that was. That was six years into George Washington's first presidency. Just think about that for a minute. It's a long freaking time. Yeah. Which was really the seventh presidency of the United States. Uh, Dropping the little. These United States. Future future show. Trump. (laughs) He's not my president, but he's John's president. There are many 19th century accounts of Oak Island, but some are conflicting or biased. I can't imagine that bookkeeping was the best in the 19th century. Further physical evidence from the initial excavation is unavailable, of course, because there's a couple dudes digging. Uh, you know, hey, I found a hole. You guys want to come over and dig? Wait, they, they weren't keeping detailed notes of their at that day. time. They they weren't. They didn't have the the guts and muster of old Dan Blankenship. So a basic summary of the history of the pit as it follows: the Moxie, one might say. In 1857, there appeared newspaper accounts of a group digging for treasure of Captain Kidd, the pirate, as many of you've probably heard of, on Oak Island. Fast forward to 62, treasure hunter. Was he Jason Kidd's grandfather? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was a baller. Cannonballer. Treasure hunter. I was a little bit taller. Wish I was a baller. <laughs> treasure hunter J.B. McCulley of Truro, Nova Scotia, wrote that early settlers of the Oak Island area had brought with them story of a dying sailor of Captain Kidd's crew, claimed that two million pounds value of treasure had been buried on the island. Macaulay further claimed that in the early days of settlement, a Mr. McGinnis, who we talked about as the the kid who kid and or man who had done the digging, while scouting a location for a farm, had happened upon a depression in the earth, which was consistent with the Captain Kidd story, with the assistance of a Smith and a Vaughn. <laughs> so the, the basic story goes that McGinnis is on the island and uh, originally they said it was they were kids, so mm-hmm. 15, Captain 16, kids. 17 years old. They were captain kids. Thank you. They're just hanging out on the island, walking around. They find a, 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 a depression in the ground, and they decide to start digging. So I don't – hang on. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, wasn't there – I think there was, like, a one minor thing to that. Like, I don't think they randomly found it. I think the story is they saw they a light. They saw a light, and so they thought and someone then the had next been digging. Day, but it was at night. There they went that's... over there, and there was a depression. They're like – and sorry, John, I, mean, I was no, that's trying a, to like absolutely fantastic. No, that's a, a great point. Uh, the, the point I was about to make is to follow up on the kid versus adult thing. In more recent times, as people have done a bunch of research, they found that the McGinnis the, that the light was in alien spacecraft. <laughs> yes, of course, uh, <laughs> it would make a little more sense. The McGinnis in question was actually like thirty-seven at the time. Yeah, he was he was a farmer. So it's not kids, mm-hmm. and and certainly in, in that day and age, you couldn't call thirty-seven young. You you were middle to old age. Wait a minute, thirty-seven. I thought thirty-seven was a millennial, according to you. <laughs> I'm not thirty-seven. <laughs> um, so the the point is, and then they decided to start digging, and yeah. they hand dug it. 
Guinness starts hanging with these two guys, Smith and Vaughn, which is all the records they have, or the guys Vince. are helping them. So he said they excavated the depression, discovered a layer of flagstone two feet below. So it wasn't natural bedrock or anything like that. Was it American Someone, flagstone? Yes. <laughs> they said they immediately dropped their shovels, saluted it. Uh, one of them hummed the um, the <laughs> literally <laughs> somehow out of nowhere. It wouldn't even been written. Uh, what's his name showed up and wrote the song. Yeah. <laughs> I bless the USA. Yeah, Lee Greenwood. <laughs> Lee Greenwood appeared. I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. That was actually, he wasn't born. He appeared That's at right. that moment in time. So they said they, have, they dug down below the flagstones, and they kept discovering those layers of logs. We said every 10 feet, they abandoned finally at 30 feet. Due to people in the area refusing to assist in the digging based on superstitious dread. Mm-hmm. So people are like, That's oh, well, curse. you found you yeah. found flagstone. Well, that means you're haunted. Oh, you found some logs in the ground. Well, that means your baby's going to die. Greenwood, those upstart Americans are going to start <laughs> themselves a country. They've got a country down now. Yep. I'm out of this. In 1863, an investor in the Oak Island digging named Paul Fye claimed that McGinnis was the first settler in Oak Island had discovered the Depression around 1799. So these are the things that have been written down in books and you can verify. Do we know in, in 1796, do we know what 2 million pounds in 1796 would translate to in loonies today? <laughs> What's anyone, a loony? Are you serious? Canadian currency? Loons? I mean, I'm sure a lot. Like, no, that's a, that's a valid point. Like, fuck, 2 million pounds. That's gotta be, I don't know. Like I, I, 20 loonies. <laughs> <laughs> so you got this investigator named Joe Nickel who reviewed the original accounts of the Joe. Good name. Joe Nickel reviewed the original accounts and interviews with McGinnis descendants and other descendants of the original Oak Island landowners. Sources asserted that the treasure had been discovered by three young boys, McGinnis, Smith, and Vaughn. Always young boys with you guys on these shows, by the (laughs) way, John. He asserted that the story was of three adult lot owners who discovered the depression on the land and began digging. So again, he's like, no, they're not three boys. They're adults. These excavations were the first. head is hanging low now. Yeah. These excavations were first briefly mentioned in print in the Liverpool transcript in October of 1856. A more complete account followed again in the Liverpool transcript by the Justice of Peace in Chester, Nova Scotia, the Nova Scotia British colonist, and a history of Lunenburg County. Blah, blah, blah. All that means is... It was in the Nova Scotia Times Picayune, is what you're saying? All that means is it was in the papers and it was being talked about during those times. The Picayune. That's, there's not a ton of, there's not a ton of information on it, but it was being reported on way back Well, not tons, pounds, I thought is what was that. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, yeah, the, the. All that was just the dry read through of the history thereof. All of these accounts go back to the 1800s, although they're referencing the 1700s yeah. when it actually happened. That there aren't like uh, accounts or written anything written down from it actually happening. This is somebody relating the story who related it to somebody else who then put it in print in the that's, right. that's relief you all hear in John's voice because there was no written accounts of what was going on with the young boys. <laughs> <laughs> you're forcing the pedophilia thing there's no you change. always force the pedophilia i think i don't think it comes well, I, mean, I don't think they're often willing <laughs> i think that's kind of part of the whole situation oh, all right so mcginnis was the first with an attempt to excavate if you will so he, he started digging tried to, they dig yeah they dug to 30 feet the first of many so let's talk about some of the attempts to excavate 
it wasn't usually just Joe Schmo goes out there. They literally was one of those things. People like there is something this story, this story caught on like fucking wildfire. People are like, there is something down there. So people start pulling together money to go dig. So you got the Onslow company who are actually kind of famous because they found the 90-foot stone. About eight years after McGinnis' digging, according to articles written in the 1850s, another group examined what was to become known as the Money Pit. The Onslow Company sailed 300 nautical miles from central Nova Scotia near Turo to Oak Island with the goal of recovering what they believed to be secret treasure. They continued the excavation down to approximately 90 feet and found layers of logs or marks about every 10 feet, as McGinnis had said he had, with layers of charcoal, putty, and coconut fiber at 40, 50, and 60 feet. And these were the first people to say they found coconut fiber. And the reason that's weird is coconuts are nowhere near Nova Scotia. Well, they also find charcoal, and it was the first ever barbecue. (laughs) (laughs) They threw a pig down the hole and and roasted it. So, yeah, uh, McGinnis and his buddies who originally dug the first 30 feet they gave up because they yep. couldn't dig any further by hand with just three of them, like a mm-hmm. rope and a shovel didn't do it anymore. And they said, all right, we'll come back. They, they told enough people about it that this Truro company decided to do something about it. And they hired those guys. Mm-hmm. Like McGinnis was part of this crew right. that was digging, but it took eight years. So eight years later. He's, and Dan Blankenship was also part of it. <laughs> <laughs> he was middle-aged by then, so he was one of the foremen. Yeah, he was only, he was only 90 then. <laughs> His lips are only half blue. (laughs) So according to the earliest accounts written in 1862, at between 80 and 90 feet, they recovered a large stone bearing an inscription of symbols. That's the the 90-foot stone, as as people refer to it. This is where it starts to get interesting. What they did is they pulled that stone out. As soon as they pulled that stone out, it fucking, like, booby-trapped, and it started flooding. That's it. it, The big thing there is that they find the stone. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wow. I, I mean, and they, they, some, some reports even say they think they see treasure chests under it, but it's getting dark. So they say, let's get to it in the morning. Yeah. They come back in the morning and it's all flooded. Yeah. Yeah. So true. The, like, oh, oh, look, the biggest the biggest discovery in the history of the world right there. Let's go get some shut-eye. We'll get back to it right. in the morning. So they do what any good man does, and they start fucking bailing water with buckets. And it does nothing. Bail, bail, bail. The water never never goes down. So what do they do? They abandon it. They abandon the excavation. Several researchers apparently attempted to decipher the symbols that they because they pulled the stone up when they found it. One translated them as saying, 40 feet below, 2 million pounds lie buried. There's our 2 million pounds once again, which would be... Uh, roughly $16.2 trillion in today's mark. Something to that effect, yeah. <laughs> the symbols currently associated with the 40 feet below translation and seen in many books first appeared in the True Tales of Buried Treasure, written by explorer and historian Edward Rose Snow in 1951. In this book, he states he was given the set of symbols by Reverend A.T. Kempton of Cambridge, Massachusetts. Now, we say given these because the stone was brought to the Nova Scotia area, put on display, and promptly stolen, if I remember right, and no one knows what happened to it. 
There are different reports. Some say it was stolen. Some say one guy gave it to another guy, gave it to another guy, gave it to another guy, and then right. they lost track of it. It ended up in like some historical society somewhere. And Sadly, you can believe that. What the fuck is this? It's in someone's attic and they throw it out. Well, here, here's uh, another story is the Masons took it and still have it to this day. That's a story. The Knights Templar took it back because they didn't want anyone finding out what they were doing. But luckily, people supposedly had carvings and, and rubbings and made copies. So, of so do we stone. know, like, I, I, I did a lot of... Uh, research on this and really was kind of hit dead ends all the way around. So I'm curious if you guys saw anything like, why is it assumed that the uh, translation of the symbols should be to English? Do we know? I'm, I'm actually not even necessarily saying no, that's I, I know wrong. What you're saying. I'm just curious. Did they like, convert, there's so many did they theories. Do it to English? I don't well, know. the whole 40, the 40 feet below 2 million pounds lie. That's English. When you look at the actual way that they, they deciphered these Cipher to se- mm-hmm. to sever, sever. I feel like Doctor Evil, uh, myself, myself. But no, like I, I, like I was not able to find anyone who had ever done anything trying to do the cipher in French or Spanish. Or Spanish, you know right. these these <laughs> other languages that there's all these prevailing theories. Certainly, Captain Kidd would have been English. Um, Francis Bacon would have been English, but everything, but everyone's found prevail- Spanish. One of the most found Spanish th- theories, and we'll get into it, is Spanish treasure. Right. Obviously, if it's Spanish treasure. Yeah. Now, uh, where was, where was One-Eyed Willie from? Do we know? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Thanks, Conspiracy Bot. It's a good question, uh, though I guess you could argue, right, that if it had been translated to Spanish, very similar language, very similar yeah, alphabet. That's what I'm saying. Like, do we know? I, I don't know. Question. Well, no, yeah. And, and, and honestly, like, as, as much as this is out of the norm for Hysteria 51, um, not coming and blasting everyone in the face with opinion, but rather asking a genuine, real question. Like, it was something I've tried to do that some research like on. commentary on this podcast. No, it's <laughs> never. A question, like, read into the commentary. <laughs> we have a website, hysteria51.com. Never heard of it. Any comments there? Never heard like, of it. You're on it. All, right. all, all, all comments and questions will be thoroughly ignored. <laughs> <laughs> so now we got the Truro Company, which was founded in 1849. So investors from the Truro Company, which re-excavated the shaft, back down to... They said at that time about 86 feet where so it flooded again and it flooded promptly again. They then drilled into the ground below the bottom of that shaft. According to a 19th century account, the drill passed through a spruce platform at 98 feet. So much like we'd had before, but this one was spruce, a 12 inch head space, 22 Approximately inches. the size of John Goforth's head. I just <laughs> want to point that out for you know Accurate. us to all make sure we consider Accurate. 22 inches of what was described as metal in pieces. So probably rotted or broken metal, eight inches of oak, another 22 inches of metal, four inches of oak, another spruce layer, and finally into clay for seven feet without striking any singles. Clay Aiken? So you got 12 inches, then you got 22 inches of metal, eight inches of oak, 22 inches of metal. That sounds like a box or coffer or something like that in that area. Or a ceiling grate, something. Or really weird porn. So true. I, I find this one unusual too. Like the whole, like when people talk about a box or whatever, like eight inches, four inches of wood. Like that's a lot of inches um, of wood. Like no, that's not I, a box. I'm sorry. When I'm like, saying a box, like uh, like a um, like the roof or or something to like yeah. a, an impression, a room. Like they they had they had laid out timbers and they had they had metal reinforcement, which seems 
crazy at that moment in time, but unfortunately, you know, water had probably eaten through a lot of the 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 metal, but they still had the wood, which was surviving. The wood that makes it good. Uh, it also should be noted that at, at this point, they're giving these very specific uh, numbers, like uh, 22 mm-hmm. inches of this, 12 mm-hmm. inches of that, 4 inches of this. A couple things. One, that's really specific for the rudimentary style of digging they were doing back then. Drilling. Um, or, or drilling, yeah. Thank well, but you. It, but it is, but then it isn't, too, because they're already drilling wells and doing things like that. They know exactly how far their bits are going. Mm, that's a very good point. I don't know. It sounds to me like you think that they literally pulled up a core sample. That no, I just know. Four inches, no, but when you drill inches. for your life and that's all you do, you can know, like, okay, well, I'm drilling through metal now, and they know how far the bit went into it, which is how I read that they did that. Like In 1849? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they knew for underground they were drilling. I think so. I don't think that's too far out of the, the normal. Actually, I, I typically... I'm on your side on this stuff, John. This one, I actually. This one, I actually think I. I think I've. They said that they filmed that sitting in front of Wikipedia. Like maybe your Siri can answer us again, (laughs) sir. Dude, I think even in 1849, I I think you're right, Brent. Like I do think so. They they were pretty sophisticated in the show. If you remember, they said that they felt like they were so exact with those measurements that they were going off of those when they were trying to find this cavern. Good point. Because Dan Blankenship was going. Yeah, he he thought it's come on. They thought that they were question the last the last layer. Uh, seven feet of a blue lip of clay. Oh, of clay. <laughs> Sorry, that's Dan Blankenship. So, <laughs> uh, why seven feet of clay? Because um, when they used to put shit like that down, they would put like a layer of clay because they could pan, they could pat it down. You say they used to put shit like that when they would like they? diggers of that time period. They said they would put down clay because it would settle and you could pat it and it would be good for like the base of something. But seven so, feet. Yeah, depending on how deep, because so the more interesting that the the because theory I read was that it was actually it was for um Concrete. it was they think it theorized it was for water tightness because of the booby trap with the water. Yes. So that's that, the theory I read. It, it yeah, that, like it, 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 to, they used that instead of concrete, like kind of at that time, it's like to keep out is the that's way what I, I read. Like is that but Listen, but well, the booby trap well is but but by the I, way the booby trap is also questionable in and of itself, like. Is it really a booby trap or is it just a natural phenomenon within the island that the water filled up? So everyone is speculating based on the booby trap saying, oh, the clay makes sense. They would have done that because it could be watertight. It also could just be a seven foot fucking clay deposit. Yeah, it could just be a thing. My point is this. My point is this. It could just be Uh, Trump America. This this very well could be true. But I think it's important to keep in mind as we go through the quote unquote history that this is the history that these various companies right. gave and these various right. people gave, like just, much like the tablet that we just talked about. The tablet that we talked about doesn't exist right now. But they no said the island is full of clay. I'm just saying I don't know that them saying the clay there would have been man-made or if they just would have had it because they said that when they, when they are excavating there, they find huge clay deposits well, yeah. um, which right. you don't find. But, but that's where I think they, I said they found four inches of oak. Oak doesn't right. exist naturally on that island. False. Oak no, Island. Metal. Oak Island. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's made of oak. Duh. Exactly. Uh, just like Nova Scotia is made of Scotia. <laughs> these things don't, it, it aren't incurred naturally. I understand there's yeah. clay all over the island, but the, the whole point of this thing is saying that these things were arranged that way because it's actually a room. And that's where, that's well, where I actually agree to- with you is I think, I think it's, I think that's the key is it's, it's looking at something through the lens of the assumption that the water that flooded the tunnel 
was a booby trap. I'm with you on the water. Maybe it is. Hold on, hold on. But I'm with it, you on the water, but the metal, if they're finding metal, which you're saying, well, how would they know they're finding? If they are finding metal and they are finding wood that far down, those would have been put there by man. Well, it's the wood that makes it good. No question. It's no, an island, guys. It's an island made of oak. With you. We're just... What's amazing is that they drilled and there was any area that wasn't oak. <laughs> it's freaking oak, <laughs> oak island. island. Further excavations <laughs> were made in 1866, 1893, 1909, 1931, 1935, 36, 59, blah, blah, blah. None of which were successful. Excavators did, however, Right? Right. It's a valid point. I mean, let's make sure we're, yes. we're at least like, none you know, of which were known to be like, th- there is a possibility that like everything's already been dug up and just no one talked right. about All it. All we are dealing with is, the, is, is what people have written down. Yeah. So obviously, if they found some awesome treasure and decided not to write it down because they wanted to. Yes. Yeah. And sorry, Brad, I <laughs> no, no. need to, to cut you off there, but I, I'm, I'm a conspiracy and speaking theorist. Of, and speaking of that, 1909, as you said, FDR was a part of the old gold salvage group of 1909. It kept up the news and developments for most of his life of what was happening. Why didn't he, by the way, why didn't FDR just call his political party, the old guild salvage party? I mean, (laughs) that's got a ring to it. It Gilbert Hedden and William Chappell. If you watch the show, the Hedden shaft is something that they talk about all the time. The Hedden shaft, the Hedden shaft. It's the best. It's the best name ever. The head and shaft. So in 1928, a New York newspaper printed a feature story about the strange history of the island. So you got this cat, Gilbert Hedden of New Jersey, operator of a steel fabricating concern. He's a cat. Yeah, you're right. Saw the article and was fascinated by the engineering problems involved in recovering said treasure, if there is any. Hedden collected books and articles on the island and made six trips there. He even ventured to England to converse with Harold T. Wilkins, the author of Captain Kidd and his Skeleton Island, believing he had found a link between Oak Island and one of Wilkins' books. Hedden purchased the south end of the island, as you do when you, <laughs> you're looking for treasure, just buy up the land and do it at your leisure. He began digging. I just do sum- that when I'm bored. <laughs> I bought the south end of an island the other day. Yeah, sometimes just, you know, what are you doing today? I'm going to buy an island. Just the south end. <laughs> he began digging in the summer of 1935, Following excavations with William Chapel in 31 and th- in 39, he even informed King George VI about developments on Oak Island. So, like we said, he's this dude's going all over the place. Was that to, the crazy King George? Uh, I believe. VI. I believe that was what was that? Uh, who was the crazy king? I don't know. Do you know, John? I don't. All right. So, as we said, Hedden purchases a thing, the southeast end of this island and go up to 1931. He's digging. He sinks down to 163 feet. And he starts pulling up shit. There's like a number of artifacts, an axe, an anchor fluke, a pick. They actually identified the pick as a Cornish miner's pick. I guess it's, you know, like, oh, this is definitely Cornish. Well, something Cornish. Uh, it was really small and you could split at the breast and it was tasty as hell. <laughs> was it stuffed? Yes. Yes. By the ghost of chestnuts and mm-hmm. parsley and why is it always chestnuts? By the way, For, first of all, in nut mixes I've ever eaten, there's no chestnuts. <laughs> so why are they always involved in all of these like Christmas? Uh, Lisa pieces? and I just went to a Christmas party. We had chestnut soup and it was delicious. Were they roasted? Uh yes, they were roasted because chestnuts. the nuts have to be roasted. Mm-hmm. On an open fire, if I believe is the way it goes. So they never identified who the pick was. And at this time, this is not the first people that have been on this island. And it is covered in fucking debris. Everyone that was coming there to try to get to the bottom of this 
money pit just goes, well, fucking something happens and they leave everything out. The pig. Was so it William Chappelle or Dave Chappelle? It was uh, David at that time. No, that's really a, that, that's really a thing. Um, I was a, a, a good friend of mine lives down in southern Illinois. And he lives the south end of the island of this island we know is <laughs> this <Illinois>. island Earth. <laughs> and he lives on what's called a strip cut. So back in a the strip club, uh, back in the early 20th century, uh, strip were, mining is that they, what it is? They, yeah, it's from strip mining. They were they were just is that because it was the miners were topless? Yes, mm-hmm. they were topless. They were they were strip mining down there for coal. So there's these huge lakes that are man made that were essentially these huge holes that they were strip mining. And whenever they were done the girls with the don't hole, prefer you call them holes. Whenever they were done with the hole, it was cheaper for them to leave the machinery on the bottom oh, of wow. that hole than to try to dig it out. Really, so all of these amazing lakes and 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 various whole various strip cuts down there have like pieces of machinery so like when you go swimming in the quarry down there do you stub your toe on like the top oh, of a, of a like excavator. caterpillar excavator you're talking about a lake that might be 150 200 feet maybe yeah, more it might be but it might deep. also be six inches deep john uh, well we might not refer <laughs> to it to as say? a lake at that who's point who's to say in trump america <laughs> Conspiracy Bot, what did you put in his drink? Exactly what he asked for, Boone's Farm and Drano. <laughs> All right, so, you know, we're going to go to break real quick, and when we come back, we're going to get into more current times and the Restall family and Robert Dunfield, which is the startings of the curse, some might say, and getting into that more, more current times when we come back with more Hysteria 51. <laughs> David and me, I'm a Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I that, I, I just thought romance languages yeah. was the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation, too. So (laughs) you can, you know, learn how to speak. And, you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. (laughs) In that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's they design it for long-term retention, you know. Yeah. Uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do. And then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years and there's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and Mm -hmm. it, it hears you, you get to use like the built in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value. And you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused or really cool. <laughs> I'd go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use. And we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term. And uh, it's something that uh, it works. You know, and we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this. And this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. 
get now. started. For Larry, limited time, his Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off. RosettaStone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. back everybody i hope you enjoyed your trip to the kitchen because everyone is just sitting around their families is tucked around their radio or their uh I guess now it'd be Amazon Alexa Ham listening, listening to Hysteria 51. I think I'm literally right now picturing like, Frick a good point to bring up. We are now available on TuneIn. Ham radio. Yeah, that's right. Go to your, go say, hey, Alexa, or hey, Amazon, or hey, Echo, or now computer. You can say that. They changed it. Hey, you're like, yeah. Conspiracy bot? Uh, not yet, but f- I, he's probably tapped in. We put him. in the request for the upgrade. <laughs> Who? <laughs> you or conspiracy bot? Uh, he did. He did himself. I feel like. Yeah. I but he like put he it into ENIAC once again, not to be helpful, <laughs> a tape computer. Why yeah. did he try it in Fortran? We don't understand. <laughs> I do what I want. <laughs> All right. When we left you, we, we'd been going over a lot of the different people that had been excavators on the island. And now we're going to get into. We're still in the 50s and 60s, but closer to, to, to modern day. So you got the Restall family and Robert Dunfield. The Restall family, their biggest claim to fame is they fucking died there. That's the best thing I can say. Not the best thing. That sounds terrible. But the Restalls, so you got Robert Restall, his 18-year-old son. They signed a contract around 65. 
They attempted to seal off one of the what they thought was a flood tunnels, as we talked of. They they had dumped dye to see where it dumped out off of the island into the ocean. They're like, we're gonna we're gonna figure this out. So they're digging down into the into what they think is the pit, and they release carbon monoxide. Or it's also thought it could have been sulfur dioxide. So well, they thought gas of some type. They, there's two. Okay, there's two theories. Either they were digging and it was carbon monoxide from the engine at the top of the shaft right. came down. Or as you do when you're digging into to like mines, like sulfuric gas can either way. Right. They fucking died. Can and, I can I add for a third theory? <laughs> sure. I mean, it was 1965. We were only two years removed. Was there a second shooter? <laughs> what, what are there grassy knolls on Oak Island? Frankly, I think the fact that, that no one talks about the grassy knolls on Oak Island speaks is, speaks louder than than silence yeah. is yes. deafening. It, it, it speaks volume. The silence is deafening. The other thing that that came out in this whole time is Robert Dunfield who was working with them wanted to bring a 70 ton digging crane. So he actually had a causeway constructed from mainland to the Island and is still there today. So at least they got something out of this. Yeah. So that brings us to all that yuckety muck that we just went through brings us to present day, close to present day, but the same motherfuckers are still there. The Triton Alliance, January 67, Dan Blankenship, David Tobias, Robert Dunfield, and Fred Nolan formed a syndicate for exploration on Oak Island. Sounds so sinister. The syndicate. syndicate. And those names are important because if you ask one another, they all hate one another now. (laughs) Like, for the most part, those cats don't like each other. It's one of those things where they worked together for so long and and nothing really came of it that they just grew to hate each other. Fuck, I don't know. It's like the fucking, it's like the Eagles and the Beatles. (laughs) just didn't really like each other over time. Not the Eagles and the Beatles. The Eagles hated each other and I I thought the Beatles Oh, I thought you meant the Eagles and the Beatles. I was like, you guys ready to rumble? I'm like, I love the Beatles even more. (laughs) And by the way, I was very confused because I think the Eagles started like six years after the Beatles broke up. I'm like, (laughs) Why did they hate them so much? We reformed just to kick your ass. We hated them all individually. This is going to be the best future conspiracy show ever. (laughs) Eagles v. Beatles. In 69, Blankenship and David Vias formed the Trident Alliance and purchased most of the island. Some of the previous landowners, such as Mel Chapel, became shareholders. So the, the chapel... Had had dug the head and shaft. All these people that these head people that shaft. came there never found anything, but they didn't want to let go because everyone that owned a little piece of the island, I feel like thought that they're like, well, they're going to find it on my land, so I'm going to be the one who gets rich. I mean, that's the classic treasure seeker mentality, right? Yeah, like I. I haven't found it. I'm going to keep working. All right. I'm out of money. I can't keep working. But but now someone else is going to take my spoils. Right. So here's where they really get into serious excavating. So you fast forward to 71. Is this anything like the old miner? Will Ferrell's great yeah. sketch in SNL? Uh, what happened is that by 71, they brought in an old prospector. <laughs> old prospector. And he's like, <laughs> Gus Chiggins. <laughs> so 71. The Triton workers excavated 235 feet down. They put in a shaft known as Borehole 10X. If you've ever watched the show, that's the the borehole that gets the most play. John's newest nickname, Old Borehole X. (laughs) So they support my life calls. (laughs) They supported the whole borehole with steel casings all the way down to bedrock. And according to Blankenship and Tobias. Let's talk about 
the steel caissons, they are literally like tanker cars that they cut the ends off and placed them down into the ground, right? So this begins the mythos that is Dan Blankenship. Old Blue Lip himself. This dude who, if you watch the show, is 90-something years old, has blue lips, but he's the hardest-ass motherfucker you've ever yeah. seen. Yes. He traveled back with us, if you will, to ni- the 19 early 1970s. He's digging this hole. He and his son are taking turns down there digging. He's down there. It starts to collapse in on him. He yells up to his son, pull me up, pull me up. As it's collapsing in on him, his son is literally using their fucking power drill to run the winch. to Because that's what they're using to bring him up. He gets up, crawls out, you know, almost, almost killed. He goes... Don't tell your mother. That's <laughs> what is to do. And and then they just go back and start on it again. They the go next back day. and drink a and bottle like, of Crown Royal. It's Crown time. It's Crown time. Why? They're Canadian. Canadian whiskey. <laughs> it is Canadian whiskey. Uh, so then he's like, you know what? Let's do this. Let's go buy three five-ton tanker cars mm-hmm. and sink them vertically. Into the ground. Which I like to think he was just on the end with like a fucking can opener just ripping the ends <laughs> off of him. I'm just, I'm picturing him like, <laughs> like Wiley e. Coyote standing on top of it, jumping. Yeah. It like goes He's just down singing his own song. is coming my body tonight. <laughs> and he was definitely wearing cowboy boots. We can all agree on that, right? It's, you make that joke. With spurs. It's not that far off. This they, guy was doing dangerous shit took, on the daily. They took. Three tankers. They uh, welded them together. Would, would you would you say they inserted them? <laughs> they welded them together. So it now is fifteen tons. They get a big crane, stand it up on its end, and they literally use the weight of those fifteen tons to sink along them in. with a little bit of digging mm-hmm. to sink it all the way down. Mm-hmm. I mean, to that's ins- hard ass to insert that's them. A- a couple Canadian dudes just going, yeah. fuck it. Here's, they them. do this, they insert them, <laughs> and now they've got this fucking, this quote-unquote safe for the most part. It's not going to fall in, it's not going to collapse in on them, at least then. Nowadays that metal's been down there underwater for a while. No, dude, Back I mean, then, it's safe. It's it's as safe at as that time. Safe as 1971 right <laughs> required. So listen to this. So this is the greatest part. They get, they dig it out. And they're finally down there. There's water and shit, but they've gotten 235 feet down. They want to see what the fuck's down there. So you lower a camera down into the cave below. They dug down to 235 and they stopped because they thought it was the opening to like, they found a cave. Like it was a small opening and then there was an expanse. Well, so the, well the, isn't the, that the way it the always The tankers is? only go so far down. Yeah. But like 200 feet or uh, yeah, 190 well, maybe. What is there, I, eight or earth? 10 feet of between them and the opening of the, the quote unquote cave. So then under that, obviously that's a fairly wide expanse. Mm-hmm. There's still the, the 27 inch or whatever it is. I think he put a pipe. Inch. He took a pipe down there There's and the like hand dug that motherfucker. Yeah, that's, further that's, down. Yeah, that's not wide for every man. <laughs> Are you talking about your asshole? <laughs> yes. That's I think is what he did. Uh, a 27 inch uh, <laughs> further mm-hmm. that, that it goes down. All of a sudden, to mm-hmm. an open open area, yeah. we, we don't a know gape? what that is. Would so you that's call what, it a game. <laughs> you might. <laughs> so that's where they send this fucking camera down, and they look around, and they see. Now I say see because it's hard to see, but mm-hmm. they see what they think is possible chests 
of you know chess is in like treasure like chess. Not a not not, 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 not Pamela Anderson. Yes. Human remains, uh, wooden cribbing like holding up the walls, tools, but everything's kind of unclear. So this dude's like, fuck it, <laughs> give me my knife and fucking dives down this motherfucker. Hold my beer, watch yeah. this. This isn't like what nineteen seventy ish, is that right? Seventy one doing this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's just going down so 200 feet, by the way. Now, none of this has been independently confirmed, but he still has the video. And he went down there and he's like, yeah, I fucking saw this shit. And then just like with every good story in this, they run out of money. People start bickering. And that's as far as they fucking get at that time. By the way, what did he spend his money on? It wasn't good scuba gear. I saw the video. Yeah. It looks like he's yeah. wearing a freaking a freaking t-shirt and a pair of goggles. The important thing to keep in mind, too, is when he goes diving down there, he is not diving just through those tanker cars. He gets he's through that 27-inch pipe. He's going through that 27-inch pipe. I mean, I wouldn't even fit through a 27-inch yeah. pipe, but I, I can only imagine if you would, that's got to be somewhat um, cozy. Yeah. Like, I, I can't imagine, and this is after you've already it, been down that same hole mm-hmm. and had it fall in on you. So this is when it starts. I think it felt good. This is when it starts catching a little you know, a little publicity again in, in quote-unquote modern times. 65 Reader's social Digest. Social media? <laughs> Did it go viral? It went viral in 65 <laughs> thanks to a little social media called Reader's Digest. Uh, and a lot of people read this. I actually was, that was part of my high school book or my, my grade school book Ooh. report. The, the Guinness brothers, that's, that was what they had said, you know, was, was, especially the older brother was his driving force. He was captivated by it as a child. The Guinness brothers are the ones doing this show. Yeah. Currently the curse, on the curse of Oak Island. Did, are, re- are they the ones, did the Laginas actually curse Oak Island? Yes. Uh, curse you, Oak Island. Is it Marty Lagina just standing up there yep. cursing the island? Yes. These guys are, they're working on it money's falling out 83 trident alliance they soup frederick nolan because he owns seven lots of land and causeway to build it and they're fighting over the land 10 years later nolan's ownership of the lots were confirmed because they didn't think he actually owned it and he was ordered to pay damages to the tourists that were coming to the island long story short nothing ever fucking happened long story short none of that would ever happen in america like that's Canadian this is a, nonsense. This is a Canadian problem. No, uh, seriously, the, the the Blankenships did their digging. Then they tried to. They ran out of money, and they tried to continue. And the, then they sat in fucking red tape for years and years. It's exactly right. They lived on the island. They live on the island, and they couldn't do anything. And they'd been down there. This motherfucker had seen chess and a body and all this stuff. He's like, fucking a. I've been down there, and then literally red tape. They couldn't even fucking dig. So What's ironic is the tape was red, but his lips were blue. <laughs> Interestingly, Fred <laughs> Nolan um, and Dan Blankenship were Fred. were friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, they 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 were, they at least worked together. And they had taken a piece, uh, some sort of artifact, out of one of the holes. Mm-hmm. And they were going to have it tested. Blankenship, who at the time didn't own uh, much of the Triton Alliance, wanted to give the results to uh, to Fred Nolan. Yeah. And David Tobias said, no, we're not giving that to him. Mm-hmm. And Nolan came back and said, hey, I had my side independently test XYZ. Take a look at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I see what you guys came up with? And they said, uh, we can't share that with you, but we came up with the same thing. We promise. <laughs> and so obviously Fred Nolan got pissed. Yep. And that was the beginning. It's not a huge thing. 
and then one thing after another mm-hmm. after another. They turned into the Hatfield McCoys. Yep. But it originally started with something as small as that. And the thing is, Blankenship didn't have a choice because he didn't own the pieces of the island that mm-hmm. he does today at that time. Right. And it just yeah. snowballed, and it turned into... Blankenship just started picking up the pieces that he could on the island over time as people were falling out and falling right. out. Quick falling question. Out. As, as, tra- so let me finish the point. As, I'll allow it. As that continued through the years, half of the problem with Oak Island being further excavated was the red tape that, that Brent, you mentioned earlier. The other half was, because Oak Island seems to be so interwoven and interconnected, and there's different dig sites and different points that have different... Um, um, uh, Hints on it. Uh, Fred Nolan owns some of that, and they would not work together. And yeah, that thing right. has been a problem. Get off my land! Up until just like a year or two years ago, that's been a huge yeah. problem. Well, I feel like there was a third half, and and that is you know that the original name of the Triton Alliance. Like, my question is, was King Triton involved with this before or after the event? The events documented in the Little Mermaid. Uh, all of the above. Mm. Yeah. Understood. Means the king of the sea. So fair, fair. <laughs> Under the sea, we're gonna get in the blanket ships and the Laginas brothers in a bit. Before we do that, though, let's talk about notable explorers that we've touched on before that that worked on this island previously. Franklin Delano. You can't. Don't just say FDR. You gotta do mention it. the Delano. <laughs> Australian American actor Arrow Flynn. Speaking that's, of actors, that's Robin Hood to you, Robin John and, uh, Wayne, and uh, the Count of Monte Cristo. Ooh, oh yeah. Oh. John Wayne actually was just invested in a drilling company that used equipment that was used there, and he became interested in it and followed what was going on. William Vincent he Astor, dude, John Wayne literally walked up to that island, looked at all the guys with all their equipment, and said, "You pussies," <laughs> and jumped in the hole and walked out with the treasure. <laughs> That's where it is today. And, and he, he bought a hooker. He them. bought a hooker and some smokes yeah. with it. <laughs> he literally back. shook his head at them in disgust. <laughs> you mentioned FDR. Yep. While FDR was Who's that? in the White House, never heard of him. Um, visiting this actually visiting. Topic. <laughs> residing this comes there. from the TV show. Uh, while FDR was in, they did some research into his notes from his time in the White House. Somebody, uh, I guess back then you could write into the White House mm-hmm. and actually get a response from somebody. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to right now where they have actually disconnected the uh, the phone line into uh, into the White House. You could, you could write Trump in the White America, House and, folks. and someone responded to a guy who wrote in asking about FDR and his involvement in Oak Island. Oh, yeah. And it was, to the president's knowledge, nothing has been uh, discovered yet. However, there, and I'm not saying this exactly, yeah. you know, on point. But there definitely is shit there. Exactly. Yeah. I think, was it, I think FDR believes that it's the Marie Antoinette story, right? Oh, is that what I he said? Think, I don't know. I think he, he also believed in Sasquatch. Camp, the French camp. That's for real. Which is interesting because, again, you know, you go back to the translation of the ciphers on the 90-foot stone, and it's mm-hmm. a, the translation is, which, by the way, there is a translation that's that's not in English. There's a Spanish translation that, that someone has done, mm-hmm. which is actually instructions that now that they, they – once they actually did the flooding – the instructions make sense. There are instructions of how to putting like corn and corn stuff like that around the, the, the outside. Yeah. And it would have actually added up perfectly to do that, which would have 
supposedly stopped all the flooding from happening, but that would not support FDR. They also French. say that that's not in in Spanish. It's in English. If you turn the cipher and then re-decipher it, they say that you get the same thing about. Oh, the, the I corn. thought that was Spanish. Well, oh, it might be. Okay. I'm just saying that they say I, I they it's say there's a, like there's the, yes, the, which was funny because like a lot of the people that they say like it was the Knights Templar or things like that, they go over there and there's like stone carvings of corn. When corn didn't exist in that's yes. Europe at that time, yes. so they're like, well, Not obviously, the way it does today. Yeah, you got a couple other people. William Vincent Astor, uh, the prominent Astor family, heir to the fortune after his father died on the Titanic. Whoops. He was he was interested in there. Here's the one that kicks into our show: Rear Admiral Richard E. Byrd Jr. Rear Rear Admiral. He maintained a passive interest in and monitored the status over time of Oak Island exploration and treasure hunting. Admiral Byrd actually advised Franklin Roosevelt on Oak Island and formed a relationship over their work on there. Jailbird. He thought that any, he almost had that, it seems to me, Rear Admiral Byrd had that, and this is going to come off wrong, but let me say it, like that that Nazi way of thinking, like, let's look into everything, the occult, spiritual, paranormal, that dude was into it. And if you listen, if you go back all the way to our very first episode, it actually was all about Rear Admiral Richard E. Byrd Jr., and his this gallivanting through Middle Earth. Brent, this won't play Hollow well. Earth. This won't play well with you, but I'm, I'm going to say it nonetheless. I don't like you. And, oh, sorry. Knowing, <laughs> that, knowing that he had an interest I in slept with your wife. all of this other <laughs> shit. <laughs> sorry. It's not going to play well with you. <laughs> <laughs> said I, knowing that he had an interest in all of this other shit, mm-hmm. to me, takes away from the legitimacy of his interest in certain things. Meaning he thinks that everything's true and therefore... Kind of like throwing out in the wall and see what sticks kind of thing. Right. If he just had an interest in Oak Island or just had an interest in the Hollow Earth, I'd be like, oh, wow, that's crazy. That dude was that high up in the Navy and... But his name keeps popping up like a bad penny. Yes, exactly. And it's like, okay, maybe he was just in Or maybe he theory. just knew everything and and we're just not connecting maybe, the proper dots. Maybe at the time, he was the only one who was woke. Much like the end of, uh, was it The Rock? Want to know who killed JFK? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, at, his wife's name was Carla. <laughs> Carla. And he did drive a beige Volvo. He was well known for it, frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the first one. We've talked about a lot of people and we haven't really gone into current, current day, which we're going to hold off. We're going to do in our next episode. This episode was just breaking down the island itself and the what history happened. and mystery. 1795, oh. some dude sees a light and he wants to go see what's happening. Story says... Next day he goes in, goes over there. There is a depression on the ground. He starts digging and no one has stopped since. It's pretty much, that's the short and skinny of it. In 1795, the guy started digging a hole and every once in a while, a guy walks by and goes, I'll be damned. I want to keep digging there. Yeah, that, <laughs> Literally, they've never found anything other than like the allure. One of the Laginas brothers said this and he goes, if there's nothing down there, I'm going to feel really stupid. But if there is something down there and I had to spend two dollars to get four or whatever, a dollar to get two, I'll feel really fucking stupid if I didn't do it. Right. And that is that is why so many men well. love this story, because it's that that fucking caveman shit in your brain that he goes, oh, I could be the one to do it. Yeah. I, you know, 
oh, that guy was digging? I'm more of a man than that motherfucker. And then it probably would have been done if you didn't have those same men buying up pieces of the land and refer refusing to talk to one another. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that Simpsons episode where Sting is trying to dig out yeah. hard. Mark, when he, got, when he fell in the bottom of a well. <laughs> He's like, there's a kid down there. Yep. <laughs> so uh, to, to, to try to bring this all to a point... A guy back in 1790-something found a depression after he saw a light. He started digging. Eight years later, people kept digging. They found some various things reportedly. That hole since then has been lost. Mm-hmm. Everyone is still trying to find the original Oak Island money. Because these assholes that were digging and digging and digging. Specifically Robert Dunfield. Robert Dunfield, you know what he did? He got there and he's like, I got to get out of here. Fuck you. And bulldozed, bulldozed everything. everything. Is right. it possible so that guy they, was a some kind of seer because he found a depression like 120 years before the depression started? <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> so as they keep digging, as they keep digging, they ever since then they keep finding pieces of wood. And you know what? A lot of it is it's from the, wood, the people it's who the are wood digging that makes before. it good. Yeah, the motherfucker, and, like we said, bulldozed everything. Used to be. Used to be when you were digging and you found wood, someone had put it there. Now, when you're digging, you find wood. Someone had put it there. It was that motherfucker. Not when it's called Oak Island. What doesn't make sense is how they're finding anything other than wood. I mean, literally, it, it, you, you might never well, you, you might as well be digging and find an old McDonald's wrapper. Like, oh, I wonder if this is from the 1700s. Like, <laughs> you think, everyone you think knows islands float. It? Probably. Everyone knows islands are just floating, so eventually they're going to have to hit water on the bottom anyway. And that's how they work, right? Or China. Or why don't they just dive underneath and and, and come up from the bottom? come up from the bottom? Yeah. If we haven't been, if we've been clear as mud, which is very much like the bottom of all these holes. (laughs) Like the uh, bottom of the swamp. There was an original, there was an original hole that was dug to 100 plus feet. It's been lost. To try to avoid the supposed booby traps. That's why I said booby traps. Various people, up to and including uh, the Blankenships, started Borehole 10X. Mm-hmm. That still exists to this day, and that's what we're, we're going to talk about further. We know where that is. That was trying to avoid the booby traps that were supposedly these drains that would that would flood any given box tunnels yeah. that you would, uh, that you would try to dig. In other words, it would prevent you from getting to the treasure. Unless you knew how to circumvent the booby traps as Joe mentioned with his corn. Is it just awesome? Like marketing or is there actually relevance of why they called it 10 X? Like, did like, they just know? No, literally, like, I think like, this X was one. the coolest letter. It was, I don't know, but for me, it was probably, like, 1A, 2A, 3A, 1B. I feel 2A. like if it was called 10F, like, everyone would be like, eh, maybe there's something down no, there, but it sounds kind of soft. <laughs> Instead, no, they're like, it's no, it's 10X. Yeah, they talk about it on the show. They use X because X marks What's the spot. spot? Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. I thought maybe it was like WXRT. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our history of Oak Island up to, but not including super present day. <laughs> super super present, present day. Let us know what you think. Next week, we are going to get into what actually is going on now, what's been found, current theories, the TV show, and the actual curse of Oak Island. But let us know your thoughts on the show. You can find us on social media at Hysteria51Pod on Twitter, 
Facebook.com slash Hysteria51pod. And if you can't remember those, but you know the name of the show, Hysteria51.com, you can find all our links on there. And also, if you really, really love the show and you want us to go dig a hole in the island, you can pay for it on Patreon.com slash Hysteria51. You can also find t-shirts and stickers and even be a fucking host on the show with us. If we raise $10,000 in the next week and a half, we will go dig on Oak Island. Promise. Promise. Even if it's illegal and I got to buy my own shovel. <laughs> I'm, we will do I'm digging there right now. Also, call us and leave us a message. And if we love it, we might put it on the show. And if we hate it, there's probably even better chance that we'll put it on the show. You can find us at 773-669-7277. We literally, we get tons of feedback on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook. We appreciate it. Guys and girls, thank you so much for interacting with us. If you call right now, you literally will make it on the show almost no matter what you say. Almost. Almost. I I, I, I said the word almost. Here's my diatribe on racism that I've been working on since childhood. My name is blah, blah, blah. 773-669-7277. And again, that's 773-669. Perfect. (laughs) That is our first take on the clear as mud clusterfuck that is the Oak Island mystery. I've been Brent. I've been John. I was once Joe. He's Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meet sex. Thanks for listening to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of conspiracy theories, mysteries, and the unexplained. We'll be back again next week with more known unknowns. If you'd like us to discuss a particular topic, suggest a guest, or simply seek some truth, we'd love to hear from you. You can email the show at hysteria51podcast at yahoo.com and follow us on Twitter at hysteria51pod. You've been listening to a fourth hand shine.